I'm Alyssa. And I'm Jenny Rose. And this is 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. So we're going to start off with some good news, and then it's probably going to go downhill from there. But we want to highlight the good news first, because it's been that kind of a week. Um, so we are recording this on Sunday, April 15th. Oh, tax day. Yay, everyone. And, Not tax day. Oh, it's tax day tomorrow? No, the 17th. Oh. It's DC Emancipation Day. Oh, fancy. I know this because my mom's an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know it because I did my taxes already. <laughs> um, so, we, so earlier this week, the Illinois Senate ratified the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, yay. Woohoo. Woohoo. It's not, so the whole state hasn't ratified it yet because the house, the house yeah. has to ratify and I don't know what the odds are there. Um, but there were some reports, people were saying, oh, Illinois ratified the ERA. No. Not yet. Not yet. But maybe we're close yeah. to a one state solution. Yes. Although I would like to say, even if we get Illinois to ratify fully and another state, there still has to be a bill passed in Congress to extend the deadline. Yes. So it wouldn't automatically mean it becomes law. Well, then I drive my ass down to D.C. Yeah. Start banging on doors. Wait till um, the Democrats and progressives take over in 2018 and, and maybe we can get better chances of that happening. I forgot another piece of somewhat good news to write down to talk about. Although I'm, I'm uh, hesitant that it's 100% good news. Paul Ryan has announced his retirement <laughs> from Congress. Yeah. Why am I know I, you said he, you're, he's going to run for president. Yes. Why am I not completely <laughs> celebrating? Because I think the bastard is running for president in 2020. Or at least governor of Wisconsin. He said, I think more likely governor of Wisconsin. Yeah. Because he said something like he wants to spend more time with his children. He wants to be at home with his children. So his children are in Wisconsin. Yeah. Or he could take his children to the White House. Mm-hmm. Which we must never let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. But um, not really sad to see him go. Anyway. <laughs> no. No. I was talking to a few people about this, and they're convinced he's just done. I'm like, I don't trust that man. No, I don't either. Yeah, Mm-mm. I don't. I'm a little skeptical. Mm-mm. I, like, because the justification is, oh, that's how you know the blue wave is coming. Paul Ryan doesn't want to lose an election. I'm like, Paul Ryan is, he's a son of a bitch, but he's smarter than that. Like, he's not dumb. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, I don't know. Plus, I think he wants to be... A politician. Yeah. No, I think he likes like, it too much. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's just going to retire at the peak of his career. Yeah. his. I mean, his college dream was taking Medicaid away from people. Like, yeah. he's in this for life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not... Crap. Um, so, the other thing, um, as far as good news is, the Maryland General Assembly recently closed its session. So, we wanted to just give because there were a few last minute things that went through i think the legislators were calling it like sign die day yeah um bills that had to be you know voted on or else they were dead Mm -hmm. so there were so the washington post put out a nice um summary of some of the bills that were passed and one of the bills that's not on here that we wanted to mention is um one of our members lisa worked with casa on a bill that was passed that is not in the article but it was a bill that allows undocumented parents to assign guardianship to their children, you know, now. Because previously, I guess they weren't allowed to assign guardianship unless they were detained or deported or something like that. So now they can at least have some peace of mind, um, which is nice. So yeah. I'll find an article on that. But Lisa was telling me about it at the happy hour. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Lisa. Yeah, good job. Um, so some of the bills, and I believe we talked about some of these before, but the automatic voter registration where unless an applicant, you know, at the MVA or or what have you denies to register or is determined not to be eligible, people will automatically be registered to vote now. Um, which is nice because I believe what they found that when people are automatically registered, more people vote. Yeah. Which is 
cool. Yeah, it's always, I mean, one would think that there wouldn't be opposition to more people voting in a democracy, but of course there always is. Because um, when more people vote, people tend to vote Democratic um, when given the opportunity to vote. Um, so Republicans have an issue with, with expanding voter registration, but <laughs> it should be a, a no-brainer that in a democracy everybody has the opportunity to vote. So yay for that, Maryland. Yeah. Um, they did ban bump stocks, um, and bump stocks are apparently pieces of equipment you can attach to a gun mm-hmm. to increase the firing rate. So a ban on bump stocks was signed, was voted um, and passed in Maryland, which was, was nice. Um, something near and dear to my heart. They did uh, pass a plan to stabilize health insurance rates, and they put some money towards it so that Rates aren't going up and down, up and down, which is nice. Um, there was a measure to help improve diversity in the state's medical marijuana industry. Mm, there's a lot of controversy over that when the program first launched. It was voted on a while ago and, and it took years for them to actually implement it. But um, there was a lot of negative comments about how the program wasn't very diverse so this is a good thing to get more people involved in in the industry that's growing rapidly in this state mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um pregnant we've talked about this bill before this was part of m law yeah NARAL had a couple of really key yeah wins yeah um correctional facilities will be required to develop written policies on medical care for pregnant inmates and detainees and then also correctional facilities will be required to provide free feminine hygiene products on request because I, I just can't. It's not like we yeah. just stop having our periods because yeah. we're in jail. Like we can't like there's no off switch. Yeah. The majority of my knowledge on that subject comes from Orange is the New Black. Um, oh, yeah. And because there's a whole episode about this. And you, it costs a lot of money from commissary to get tampons. And, like, these women make, like, what, 13 cents an hour or something yeah. doing their prison jobs. It's not feasible. So that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this I mean, one. it should be free, period, to yes. everyone, but definitely to... I mean, I, at this point, I will settle for tax-free. Yeah. Like well, in Maryland, it is. It it's is? Not, it's not luxury-taxed. Um, Virginia, it's taxed. Yeah. Maryland's one of, like, 13 states, I believe, that doesn't do... Luxury tax on menstrual products. New Jersey. Because, you know, getting your period is a luxury. <laughs> Try it. <Yeah. laughs> See how you feel about it. Yeah, New, I mean, New Jersey doesn't have tax on essentials. Mm-hmm. So, like, in New Jersey, like, you don't, they don't tax, like, your food. Yeah. Or stuff oh, like that. Oh, like that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, so it, like, if I, like, if I go to Home Goods, I have to pay tax. But if I go to the grocery store next to Home Goods and yeah. I buy like fruit, vegetables, that sort of thing, tax is not applied. Gotcha. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah. If that were the case. Yeah, that's why people from New York City come to my hometown to buy their groceries. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work in Virginia, and one time I went to a grocery store near my work, and I accidentally bought tampons there, and I was like, "Damn, I should have just <laughs> bought it at home. I just paid a luxury tax for this. Just an extra like two dollars." Yeah. Um, we talked about this one a lot. Impregnated rape victims will be able to ask judges to end the parental rights of their rapists. Um, sexual harassment, which I think this is a a really big one. Mm -hmm. And I wish the blurb was longer in the Washington Post, but a framework for an independent investigator to handle sexual harassment complaints against legislators was approved. The General Assembly's policy also was changed to cover lobbyists. Um... I mean, I think there were a lot of people who worked on this. Delegate Ariana Kelly was certainly a big spearheader of it. And then she's seems like she's taken a lot of beatings in the press and in just life for for pushing that through. So it's, you know, thank you to her because I think that that's a big win. Yeah. The Maryland legislature, I think, has been like maybe just because obviously I live here, but I feel like they are coming out very strong on sexual harassment and assault in comparison to a lot of other states. Mm-hmm. Like, 
they're they've been getting national coverage for it and they're all extremely vocal like ariana kelly like you said plus a bunch of other elected officials but like not only the elected officials people running from for office are calling out people by name Mm -hmm. who've harassed them in annapolis and like that's a pretty bold move for somebody who's not even yet elected Mm -hmm. um yeah cheryl kagan was another yeah cheryl Cheryl kagan Kagan. she i mean she had a press conference she did lobbyists like Mm -hmm. Uh, the way he acted with her in the bar. Yeah. So and he tried to deny. And she's like, it's yeah. on video. And somebody had a video of it. Yeah. She's like, right here. Yeah. <laughs> but Sarah Love, who's running, um, hashtag not an endorsement yet. Um, uh, she, I think I don't know if she wrote an op-ed or was just met, quoted in a number of articles. I can't remember at this point. But she named somebody out by name, a lobbyist in Annapolis, and I was like. Damn, that's bold, Sarah Love. I mean, it's uh, these women are very brave because yeah. it's really showing no fear, right? Yeah. It's and and I'm sure I love that. Yeah, it's like this is like you know because I know some people where if you say, "Well, this happened to me," and oh, I'm not going to name the person, they don't, they automatically don't believe you because mm-hmm. you don't name the person. So now, not only are these women name they're naming yeah. names, like they're being very upfront about it and they're showing that it's nothing to be ashamed about because they haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. They're not the perpetrator. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the victims. They didn't, there's nothing that justifies the way these people act towards them. So it's also setting that example. Yeah. For, you know, us, even younger women who see this, like, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, um, I can't wait to see if people like that are elected, uh, what they do once they're in that position and don't have to worry about offending people on the campaign trail to mm. get elected. Like, yeah, come out swinging, please. Yeah. Um, and then a last one, which isn't really women specific, but I thought it was interesting because I think Maryland is the first one to do this. So yeah. the first so, state. Yeah, we're, we're the first state. Social media platforms like Facebook will be required to maintain records on political ads. And I think they're also supposed to tell you who's running the ad, Yeah, right? who paid for it and all that kind of stuff. So, like, when you watch TV or you listen to the radio and it's like, Hillary sucks, this paid, you know, this <laughs> paid for by the campaign of Donald Trump or whatever. Yeah. Like, they have to tell you who's paying for it. And now yeah. they have to do it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And... The idea is that if Russia is buying the ads, like, yeah. there there has to be some sort... I mean, I'm just interesting. Yeah. Maryland worked with Facebook directly on this. Oh. Um, and I believe Facebook was initially against it. Um, and then once working with Maryland and, and seeing how Maryland's bill played out, they now, I believe, support it. I don't know if they're just saying this because of the whole... Mark Zuckerberg controversy that's going on right now. Um, but they they support a national bill or an eventual national bill. There's not an existing one or one that's up for vote currently, but they support it on the national level because of what Maryland has done. Woo, trailblazers. Yeah. The first bill on here has nothing to do with women specifically. But it's about the Amazon headquarters potentially coming to Montgomery County. Yeah, I skipped that one. Yeah. (laughs) I would just like to say I'm for them coming. Are you? I know a lot of people are. A lot of people have mixed mixed opinions. Um, But I would like to see a big... I mean, they would create so many... Not only so many jobs, but high-paying jobs in this area. What I... The the threat of Amazon coming, the threat, I don't, I'm kind of, I'm on the fence about it because I agree with everything you just said. I think of the traffic system. Oh, the traffic's going to be horrendous. <laughs> I, but like, then I'm like, I can work from home, it's fine. Um, selfishly. But the, the threat of Amazon coming has recently pushed me to make a life decision. So, I'm like, eh, could be. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what decision? I just, yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll talk we we'll talk about it in a few weeks. Okay. <laughs> Nothing um, bad. It's all it's a good life decision. Um but yeah, and I was just with my family this weekend and they're in northern New Jersey and they're also one of the mm-hmm. one of the ones and my dad was saying exactly the same thing. Like it would bring like 
Yeah, a lot of jobs, a lot of good, you know. So, plus one of the sites for it is uh, White Flint Mall, which is... you got to do something with that. Yeah, it's just a huge space that has been demolished with the exception of JCPenney. <laughs> um, is it JCPenney? No, it's Lord and Taylor. Lord and Taylor, that's right. <laughs> no, God. it's Lord Yeah, Lord and Taylor. It's the one bit of remaining building there. Um, they've been talking about doing something at that site for years, and... I mean, I, be a good look. I mean, Rockwell Pike traffic would be, like you said, horrendous. It would be awful. <laughs> um, they better, like, do something about public transportation, increasing, like, shuttle buses up and down Rockwell Pike well, from all those apartments that they're building. Well, and I used to, so, for my old job, I used to go to Seattle every year. Yeah. And when I, the first year I went to Seattle, and this was over a five or six year span. So, the first year I went, um... There wasn't a lot of infrastructure where I would stay, mm-hmm. and w- I would stay near Lake Union, right off of Lake Union. And you could, in theory, walk to the Space Needle, but you're walking through a rather industrial section of town where did it in daylight, so I felt safe, but eh, probably shouldn't have done it alone. Over the six years, what Amazon did, like, my last year, there was a high-speed light rail. Like, yeah. there were like there were sidewalks, and pa- they built a whole friggin' bike path. Like, yeah. what they did to that area was, was just beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. they revitalized the area. The downside is it is now prohibitively expensive yeah. for a lot of people. So yeah. there, there's that piece of it as well. Um, I mean, but that area anyway is already... Extremely expensive. Where where Amazon went wasn't. Oh yeah yeah. But I we, mean I meant here. Yes. Here, it's here already is already expensive. expensive. Like, yes. North Bethesda very expensive. Yeah. So it it would be interesting um to see. Yeah. But I, they've already um had plans for like long term development on Rockville Pike, which if you can, I mean, if you're from here and have just noticed it over the past like however many years, it's booming, the development on Rockville Pike. Um, but they've had plans to create bike-only lanes, more... Um, Thumbs up to that. More public transportation up and down Rockville Pike. And I think if, like you were saying, Amazon were to come, it would definitely enhance and expedite those plans. Um, yeah, because they... Um, Paul Allen's Microsoft, but Paul... Because it's Amazon and Microsoft in Seattle. Paul Allen put a lot of money into the city for that. And then whoever, I don't know if it was Jeff Bezos at the time or if it was somebody else, but they also contribute a lot of money where they paid for it. Yeah. So um, maybe Bike to Work Day is in a few weeks, so maybe we could do like women in biking stuff. Oh, there's a lot of women in biking. I know, and I have pictures from the Library of Congress. But they're... um, I've gone on a few rides with like the women in bicycles group and some of them live in Rockville and they talk about how they're like trying to spread the word on how Rockville is becoming bike accessible and there's yeah. trails and people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please come up County. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard making trails on the m- main roads, like the major roads, I should say, because it's so congested. Yeah. Um, but when you go one back, they have the nice protected lanes now. Where? So, I don't know the name of it, but if you're on 355 and, like, where Seasons 52 and Paladar is... Oh, yeah. You go... Right across White Flint. Yes, right across yeah. from White Flint, but it's not on 355. It's the it's the whatever street... Oh, I know what you're talking about. There's... Yeah. There's... And, I mean, granted, they're, like... The one by Whole Foods. Yes. Yeah. There's like this skinny cone, so I don't know what that's going to protect, but at least it's a it's a divider. Yeah. Where even pay attention to people pay attention to the thing. Yeah. Pay attention to someone on a bike, but yeah. And I think some of them even have like what DC has, where you have like the parked lane of cars, the divider, and then the bike lane. Yeah. And then the side, which is amazing. Yeah. But, um, off topic a little. But biking is generally good for women. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> like, biking is good for women. It, it, you know, it initially was, like, the freeing. Yeah. It was it was a ticket to independence because yeah. you didn't need a license. You didn't, you know, a bike yeah, was expensive. Yeah, women out of the house and yeah. into public spaces. Yeah. And it's, there's a very large women in biking community in D.C. because mm-hmm. it's still. Yeah. Nobody touches you like you're on the metro. And. <laughs> 
I have heard some of my friends say that. Mm-hmm. Could Metro or I could take my bike where no one grabs my ass. Yeah. Metro got a... Well, the, well, let's just talk about everything there. Like, yeah, Metro, Metro, got, Metro got money. Metro got money. And I'm not sure how I feel about that because Metro has not been good with their money. Uh, with their system that stinks. I use it to commute every day. Although I will give Metro some props and say... In the past, like, three years, after it totally imploded. Um, right, after has, all the fires. Yes, when people died. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gotten somewhat better. There's not as many delays and, and stuff, but still much-needed improvements. I don't know if Maryland giving them, what is it, like $187 million is going to help, but we shall see. $167 million. All right, well, moving on to another court action that wasn't legislative. Um, a federal appeals court ruled last week that employers cannot justify paying a woman less than a man doing similar work because of her salary history. Yeah. Ha-ha! Yeah, we talked about similar bill um, in Maryland before on the podcast. but and they got passed. Yeah. And Susan Lee's bill. It was Susan Lee's yeah. bill. Yeah. Um, but now it's a... Uh federal thing. Yeah, and Susan Lee's bill said that employers can't ask about a salary Yeah, that's, that, Maryland is, I feel better because they can't ask about the history. Yes, I agree. Um, but at least now it's, you're not able to pay someone less because of their salary history. I would prefer that nobody asked. Um, yeah. And there's a whole lot of issues with that. Yeah, and now they're saying, like, this will help. I mean, it should, in theory, it should help lessen the wage gap a little bit in theory in theory yeah although i'm sure they'll find another reason but yeah although like you can claim because of someone's salary history is not why they're paying you less but right but i believe previously that was one of the arguments yeah right for some places i'm curious i have a i'm just very curious about that yeah (laughs) Um, we'll see if it makes any dents in the, in the wage gap. Yeah. Uh, all right. And now on to my infuriating story. So Alyssa's the baseball fan. Let's just put that out there. Alyssa is the baseball fan. I learned not very long ago that baseball and softball are different and it's not just the size of the ball. So judge away. I did not pay attention to baseball as a child. Um, but I, you know, I was reading this article and this article talks about how I did know that when I was younger, my girlfriends played softball and my boyfriends played baseball. I knew, I knew there was that division and I didn't, I, what I thought was just because girls played it, it was softball. That's, that's how I justified it in my brain. Okay. Mm. She's looking at me like I'm a moron. No, I'm not. That's a lie. I, it was an assumption as a child because yeah. when you see that that division, you just think this is what it's called. Um, but anyway, so my understanding is lately there's more of a push for girls to not go to softball for them to stay in baseball because they are in fact different sports and there's no reason why girls can't play baseball. Yep. As, as we know. So... So in New Hampshire, I'm going to read you from the article because otherwise I'm going to curse. Um, <laughs> I'm going to curse. <laughs> so in New Hampshire, there was this exchange uh, where the father of a New Hampshire Little League baseball player says two coaches in his daughter's league conspired to have her beaned so that she would quit the league. Now, I didn't know what beaned was until the article explained it. What is it, Alyssa? It's when a pitcher intentionally hits a batter with the ball. So they would, these these coaches said they would instruct a player to bean this guy's daughter as in strike her in the head with a baseball during practice in order to intimidate her into leaving the baseball program. This conversation allegedly took place during a draft meeting to assign players to team rosters. This little little girl and I'm calling her a little girl because she is 11 so she is a little girl 
was the only girl on the team. Um, and they were trying to bully her to quit the team by throwing a baseball at her head. Yeah. As I told Jenny Rose, <laughs> as somebody who loves baseball, who played baseball and played softball, this does not surprise me in the slightest bit. I was the only girl on my baseball team until I had to leave to go play softball. Um, and was this a choice? No. <laughs> Um, it was not, and I, like, vaguely remember this is when I was very young. Um, my mom remembers it more, but I, she says I was constantly harassed for being the only girl on my team. And I remember she bought me a shirt because of it that I still have. I got this shirt, I think, when I was in fourth grade, um, that has a picture on the back of, like, a baseball going through a window, and it just says... Yeah, I do windows. The power of a girl. <laughs> I like it. I still it. have it. My mom bought me that shirt when I was, I think it was when I was in fourth grade. Um, and yeah, that, this does is not shocking to me. And I was also telling Jenny Rose that even in Montgomery County, when you grow up going to public school in Montgomery County, playing sports, there is a extreme difference in the quality of the fields and equipment and everything between softball and baseball. The My brother played on our high school's baseball team, and they had a nice stadium area, um, field. It, it wasn't a stadium. I should say they had a nice field um, that had a fence and a scoreboard and actual dugouts and bleachers for people, nice bleachers for many people to come watch. Um, and the softball field was a patch of dirt and grass um, at the bottom of a hill. There was no field, or excuse me, no fence. Um, so if anyone hit a home run, it just went far enough over somebody's head that they had to chase it down and couldn't chase it down fast enough before you got around all the bases. There's no fence. Um... No scoreboard. There was, like, no lights for nighttime games. Um, there was no dugout. There was just a bench on either side of um, foul territory. There was, like, limited bleacher, like, crappy bleachers because they knew that just the parents were going to come and nobody else. Nobody ever came to our games. Um, and some of the schools that we traveled to had... A little bit nicer fields, but nowhere near the quality fields that the baseball playing boys got. Um, the uniforms are not as nice, and it's just like, as somebody who has grown up being a feminist and caring very much about women's issues since I was a little kid, since I was in elementary school, I remember I was big on feminism, um... Maybe it has something to do with the way I was treated playing baseball. I have no idea. I don't remember. Um, League of Their but, Own. You watched the League of Their Own. Oh, I love the League of Their Own. <laughs> yeah. But, like, as somebody who was interested in, in feminist issues in middle school and high school, it bothered me every day I would go to practice and be like, here's the nice boy stuff at the top of the hill, and here's the shit field that we have to play on. And nobody, like, clearly nobody respects us as softball players. So, the fact that they want to try and bully a girl out of their league is not surprising to me. This is what the writer of this um, article said. So, that I'm reading the article, but um, an 11-year-old girl sticking with her favorite sport in an environment where she is surrounded by boys and men is a goddamn miracle that a pair of men would decide the appropriate response to that courage and enthusiasm is to crush it with physical intimidation makes me absolutely fucking murderous. Yeah, I mean... Like, shit... What? Mm-hmm. Like, not only are you bullying a child... Yeah. You're, you're bullying Adults are telling kids to bully a child. Adults are telling kids to bully a child, and adults are telling boys... It's okay to hurt It's okay to hit girls. her in the head with this baseball. Yeah. I mean, you can beam people if you're gonna beam people, and not saying that you should do this, I don't think you should, but if you beam people, you can 
Oh, hit them anywhere. Yeah. You don't have to throw specifically at their head. Doing so at a major league level would get you thrown out of the game if you, the umpire decides that you did it intentionally. Like You what? can't throw at somebody's head. So you're telling these boys it's okay to hurt women. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I mean... Are you kidding me? Like I said, this doesn't shock me. So I do think it's ironic, though, because one of the main reasons that people gave for keeping women out of Major League Baseball is because women are supposedly too delicate to play baseball, which is a load of shit. Um, I would also like to like, reference the League of Their Own again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but at... If if you're going to say women don't belong or girls don't belong in baseball, if you're going to call them too delicate or whatever sh- reason you give for not letting them play, how about not throwing at their head? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's going against your stupid reason for keeping girls and women out of the sport. And the, the article also talks about some things that Major League Baseball has started to... to not keep girls in baseball, but they're acknowledging, like, girls are playing baseball. Like, baseball and softball are different. Um, so they say they've started something called the Trailblazer Series, which is a girls-only baseball tournament. It's going to be in L.A. There's the Breakthrough Series, which is a player development camp that added a girls series in 2018 to be held in Florida. And so now they're having, like, these travel series for girls, and they're acknowledging, like, hey, so... the. I don't know if this is the top. I imagine it to be the top. But, like, the the top of the community is saying, you're welcome. Like, come, come join us. So what the fuck is this about? I, I It made me so furious when this I This is it. about a little girl trying to stay in all-men boy territory. That's what it's about. And I was reading some of the comments, which are not horrible when we post this article. The comments are as, as horrified as we are. But this one person says, when I played Little League, we had a girl on our team who was absolutely better than all the boys in the entire league. I remember the only thing I was pissed about was that she didn't have to wear a cup. (laughs) So, like, but but I've also heard this before where, I mean, okay, my husband's an N of one. But, you know, I was talking to him about this, and he's like, we didn't, I didn't care. Like, I... You know, and maybe that's his personality. Yeah. Maybe that's his personality, but like, I feel like you have to teach them to care. Like, the the sons of these men who are saying, hit the girl in the head with the ball, are now seeing this and seeing, yeah. like, so, like, I feel like you have to teach. There's a comedian that says, like, you know, my five year old only hates naps. Like, they have to be taught to hate, like, other things. Yeah. Well, like, it's not even just parents, though. If you think, like, if you want to insult a boy's athletic ability, you tell him he throws like a girl. Yeah, runs like a girl. Right, yeah. Yep. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, you throw like a girl, you throw like a girl. Meanwhile, like, when I was in elementary school, we did uh, field day competitions we had. And one of them, which was my favorite one, would be throwing a baseball and seeing how far you could throw the baseball. And... I won that uh, multiple times, and it was not segregated between <laughs> girls and boys. Like, I beat the boys, so I guess I throw like a girl, because I was one, <laughs> but I still can throw better than boys in my class doing the same thing. There was, like, some some athletic company campaign. I don't remember if it was Nike or oh, someone else, but it was, like, the fight like a girl, and it had, like, the throw like the girl, and it yeah. was just, like, badass women. I can't remember. I it was so, well, yeah, it was yeah. somebody can find it, but it was like badass women of all shapes and sizes, not mm-hmm. just like skinny athletic women. Yeah, there was some like I remember someone doing shot put in there. Yeah, yeah. like like just kicking ass at what they were doing. Yeah. There was like a woman on the row machine, like you know. Yeah. And I was like, stop toxic masculinity! Just stop it. Yeah, I think of all the professional sports. With the exception of maybe soccer. Baseball is one that should be open to both. It's not... Not that women can't play football or whatever. But it's just... I mean, in football, it's the, it's the physical size difference. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, there's yeah. like... like there's like a 380-pound linebacker. Yeah, who's going like, to tackle yeah, you. Like, like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, there are professional women's... I don't know if they're 
Yeah, I think yeah. there's a professional women's football team. Yeah. In the D.C. area. I forget what they're called. Mm. Um, Jeanette in our chapter, I know, has told me about them. Um, but, but, like, baseball does not involve the same amount of getting tackled by huge men as football. Like, there's no reason why women cannot play baseball. It's like hockey, too. Like, hockey... I think there have been women goalies in professional hockey. Honestly, don't watch hockey. I don't know. But it's but it's the same yeah. thing where it's not like I mean they check each other, but it's not like you're they're not you know four hundred pound guys. Yeah. And I think there have been women who who've at least been goalies. But yeah, it baseball you're not running into each other. You're not. It's not like you're running a marathon. Like women mm-hmm. can sprint. Yeah, and if you want to say, oh well, women can't throw 99 mile an hour fastballs well not all major league pitchers do that anyway and who knows maybe probably a woman can so we should let them try yeah let them try um but there's no reason like in base i've always felt this in baseball there's no reason why it should not be open to women i've never so Okay, I love a league of their own. Mm-hmm. It, for years, it was my only baseball reference. And when I went to Wrigley Field, I was not excited about being at a baseball game until I realized that's where they that's where they tried out. Tried out yeah. <laughs> and, like I saw like the because the same thing like somebody ran into the wall yeah. and caught a ball and I was I, like, yeah. Brian, <laughs> Madonna ran into that wall. And he's like, now you're happy to be here. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Um. Look, I like hockey. I'm not, but I've never really seen that there are like resources, like the true stories of those women. Like, I would love to know, like, who were they? Like, how close was that to reality? Because the there were professional yeah all games like like it did exist. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Dottie Henson existed. She's thinking. (laughs) Some of the women. Definitely did. But it would be, like, it would be nice if there were resources about that that I can learn about these real women. Because that was, back then, that was a big deal. I mean, it would be, be a big deal today. Apparently Dottie Henson was not a real person. No, but her, this article. Real life inspiration for League of Their Own's Dottie dies at 88. Yeah, her name was LaVon Pepper What's her nickname? Prairie Davis was the inspiration for Dottie Henson. That looked good to me, Alan Sue. (laughs) (laughs) I love the scene in A League of Their Own where uh, Rosie O'Donnell throws the ball to Gina Davis. Some of them are going home. Yeah, and then, yeah, (laughs) boom, she's cast. Yeah, 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 that's Good one. I could recite that whole movie for you. <laughs> I love that movie. I haven't watched that movie in a while. I need to watch it. That's one that whenever it's on, I don't care if there's commercials. I don't care if it's ten minutes towards the end. Oh yeah, I'm watching it. I've seen it so many times. I don't get. I've never gotten sick of it. Yeah. It's always good. And I watched that like. I don't know. I watched that as a young girl, and I can mm-hmm. watch it now. And I, like, did you know some movies you watch when you were a kid? You watch now, and you're like. Ooh, that's probably... Yeah. Like, I watch episodes of Law and Order from the 90s, and I'm like, oh, Jack McCoy, you're breaking my heart. But that's not a movie where I watch it now where I see, like, thing Like, you know, Tom Hanks, she wants to leave. She's like, I want to have kids. And he's like, yeah, so have kids later. Like, you know, when her husband is fully in support of her, like, it just... Just nice all around. Yeah. And I like how they even include the piece where uh, it's the one game and you see how all the African-American women are off to the side and the one woman picks up the ball oh, yeah, and yeah. she throws it and the one closer is like, yeah, she throws, right. it, over, she throws yeah. it over and they're like, ah. so, you know, they even give a nod to the fact that, mm-hmm. well, these women were excluded and, you know, so it's, it's just a good movie. I've seen that one. See? Does that make up for my lack of Thelma and Louise viewing? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Back a couple years ago, there's uh, some controversy by the Toronto Blue Jays manager, John Gibbons, 
who was complaining about some new rules in baseball, and he basically said that, like, his um, team is going to come out the next day wearing skirts or dresses. I forgot what he said. Um, Probably a movement. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he was basically saying, like, they're pussifying the game of baseball, is what he was saying. So he was like, we're going to come out with skirts. Look, you yeah. assholes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, there was some backlash over that, and he was like, oh, I was kidding, and my wife and my daughter weren't offended, blah, blah, blah. Which means, of course, nobody they, else could be. They probably yeah. hear worse from you every day. Yeah. Um, but a league of their own. I remember after he said that, I, I remember posting a compilation of not only, like, a league of their own photos, but um, actual photos from the All-American Girls mm-hmm. baseball team. Um and I was like, yeah, it's so hard to play baseball in skirts. They can't, it can't be done. It's shorts underneath, you idiot. Well, I was being sarcastic. Yeah. I was like, look, these people did it. And you're just, yeah. Anyway. Look, try wearing, a, just, you can do it at home. But try putting on a skirt and understanding how much more freedom of movement you have. <laughs> <laughs> and this, uh, FYI, baseball season has started. Yes. <laughs> I know that. April 1st. No, it started before. It started in March this year. It was early. Why? Because of the weekday? Wait, no. Uh, well, no, because they passed some rule where the teams have to get a certain number of days off. Oh. So they do extend the, the season a couple of days. Yay, Labor Laws. This was the earliest <laughs> that it started, at least in the modern era. As, going, as a, someone who went to college in Baltimore... I am very aware of when Orioles opening day is. <laughs> Even as someone who did not participate, very aware from all of my friends, male and female. I never went, but I knew when they were going. Yeah. Just like I can tell you when Preakness is. <laughs> Orioles games are fun. I like going to baseball games, even though the Orioles have stunk a big one this year so far. <laughs> So we had a happy hour this past week um, at Miller's, who was our equal payday unhappy hour. And it's the day, and it's the average. So the, the day in 2018 that a woman would have to work to make as much as a white man did in 2017. And again, it's the average because there's a different one for white women, black women, Hispanic women. Um, Asian women, Asian women and, and uh, Native American women. Um, so that was nice. We had a nice turnout. We had a few candidates for office come and visit us. We had David Blair, who was running for county executive, and then George Leventhal, who's also running for county executive, and Kenge Malikidogo Flood, and I apologize if I got your name wrong, um, who is also running for County Council District 5. It was nice to have the candidates come, but we usually have more County Council people join us for that particular happy hour, which is why we did, you know, we were in Rockville, but they had a budget meeting three days last week where they were talking about the Montgomery County public school budget. And they, I saw on Instagram and Facebook that they actually had high school students testifying. So good cause. And it was, I thought it was nice that they involved young people in the government process um but we wanted to thank everyone for coming out there we had a good time yeah earlier that day the county council issued a proclamation on equal pay day just officially recognizing the day and our chapter got the proclamation um so jeanette um who is our membership chair um and also one of our past co-presidents and holly who is also one of our past co-presidents and myself we were there Jeanette and I um, got up and accepted the proclamation. I said just a couple words, very brief about our chapter, but that was um, great that the county council recognized it. They've recognized the day in the past, and um, they always give the the proclamation, or at least they have in the past number of years, to our chapter. So that's a good thing for our chapter to to have, and it recognizes our work we've done over the years on the issue equal pay and I think we mentioned this earlier on an earlier episode um but in la in the past it's just been the two Nancys on the county council have gotten up to take the picture 
with us um, accepting the proclamation last year. Everyone on the county council did, including the men. Um, this year, it was just the women again. I was going to ask you, yeah. what was the demographic makeup of that picture? It was uh, <laughs> myself, Jeanette, and the two Nancys on the county council, Nancy Florine and Nancy Navarro. Um, the men, I'm not, I don't believe they were invited by the county council, and I think it was Nancy Florine's office who initiated the proclamation. Um, whether they were invited or not, I, I don't know. But they did not get up for the photo, which was a little disappointing. Yeah, but. come on, guys. It's an election year. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Um, but they just might not have been asked. I, I don't yeah. know. Right after our proclamation, they were honoring the girls' basketball team from Poolsville High School who were undefeated in their season, just won the state championship for girls' high school basketball. And... Um, bunch of other people on the county council got up to give them their proclamation and take a photo. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fair. You don't know if they were invited or not. Yeah, I that's don't know. Fair. Fair. Um, all right, so what other... So we oh. have some upcoming chapter events. If people want to find out about these events, other than listening to us speak about them, yes. where could they find out about them, Alyssa? They can go to our website, which is MC for Montgomery County, MD for Maryland, now for National Organization for Women, mcmdnow.org. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram also at mcmdnow. And we posted about all the events, upcoming events, on Facebook for sure for our April 28th White Ally Training. Um, that is a free event, but we, we are requesting that you get tickets through Eventbrite so we can monitor the number of attendees. Um, we're doing it in partnership with Surge MoCo and Surge events tend to get pretty full. So we need to just cap it at a certain number of people. So if you are interested in coming for the white ally training from two to four on April 28th, please get a ticket, um, on Eventbrite. It's also linked to through our Facebook page and in the feminist calendar emails we send out. Before that, we have a chapter meeting on April 18th, Wednesday evening, um, at the Twinbrook Library. It's going to be from 7.30 to 9. And then May 12th, as we mentioned, we're going to be having a panel on ending violence against women. And logistics for that are still being planned but just keep may 12th the day before mother's day on your radar um come out for our panel event come out for our meeting on the 18th and come out for our white ally training so in the theme of baseball continuing who is our woman of the week yes so since i love baseball and and uh since baseball season just got underway a couple weeks ago this week's woman of the week is jackie mitchell in 1931, Jackie, who was a professional baseball player, struck out two very legendary baseball players back-to-back in an exhibition game. In 1931, Jackie was 17 years old. She was an athlete who played multiple sports, including baseball, for an all-girls team in Chattanooga, Tennessee. During the Great Depression, baseball teams, and especially their minor league affiliates, struggled to get people in the seats. The owner of the Tennessee Lookouts, a double-A minor league team, was Joe Engel, a.k.a. the Barnum of Baseball. He received that nickname as a result of the publicity stunts he would pull to get people in the stadium. He saw Jackie play and on March 25, 1931, signed her as a pitcher in hopes that signing a woman or girl would attract people. On April 2, 1931, Jackie was brought into the game to face none other than the New York Yankees, who were in town to play an exhibition game after spring training. Her first opponent, Babe Ruth. First pitch, ball. Second pitch, swinging strike. Third pitch, swinging strike. Fourth pitch, called strike. Jackie Mitchell struck out the Sultan of Swat, the Titan of Terror, the Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout, the King of Crash Man, the Great Bambino. And shout out to all you people who just got that Sandlot reference. Thank you. Next up, Lou Gehrig. 
three pitches and Lou Gehrig goes down on three swinging strikes. Jackie walked the next batter and was pulled from the game. Babe Ruth complained women shouldn't be allowed to play baseball because they're too delicate. Major League Baseball agreed and Jackie's contract was voided. All women were officially banned from the MLB on June 21, 1952. Some people question whether Jackie striking out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig was staged for publicity or whether they both went easy on her. I'm going to call BS on that and say that people just don't want to admit a 17-year-old girl struck out these two legends. She did live next door to future MLB Hall of Famer Dazzy Vance, who taught her how to pitch, so there's that. And a fun fact about baseball in general is that many people think the first paid professional baseball team was what is now the Cincinnati Reds. The first paid team, however, was a black women's team, actually. The Philadelphia Dolly Vardens were paid to play baseball two years before the Reds were formed in 1869. I remember, so I did know about her, and I want you to be proud of me for this, <laughs> but when I was researching women's trivia, um, she, Jackie Mitchell came up. Yeah. And I, she, was a, she was either a trivia question or I have her in the banks for an upcoming trivia question. So again, remember how we said, hey, I pulled the trivia questions from the Women of the Week. Yeah. We're going to be doing that again sometime soon. Um, so, you know, hey, take notes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing to, to just let everyone know is, so we've talked on the podcast about we have a pack, how we have a pack, or the chapter has a pack, and that's why we don't, on this podcast, we don't say, like, we're, we're just talking about this person. We're not endorsing them because the PAC does that. So the PAC has been meeting recently, going over questionnaires we received. And hopefully on an upcoming episode, we can have a discussion on who who we've endorsed for the various county races. Because um, we've gone through, you know, the county, the Montgomery County Council, but then also the delegates and the senators for the state house in Maryland for the districts that fall into Maryland. So, um, I bl- Montgomery County. I'm sorry, Montgomery County, Montgomery County, Maryland. Um, cause I believe there will be like press releases going out and all that, but we can give people a list, you know, a comprehensive list like we've done for other things in the past. All right. Well, everyone, thank you. We will be back next week with an amazing download from our, wonderful chapter meeting <laughs> yes and all our exciting other events upcoming um and thanks for listening and we'll talk soon bye bye